our prayer for illumination. Lord, open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit, that as the scriptures are read and your word is proclaimed, we may hear with joy what you say to us today. Amen. And our first reading is from the Old Testament, the book of Micah, chapter 6, verses 1 through 8, and we're reading from the New Revised Standard Version. Hear what the Lord says. Rise, plead your case before the mountains, and let the hills hear your voice. Hear you, mountains, the case of the Lord, and you enduring foundations of the earth. For the Lord has a case against his people, and he will contend with Israel. O my people, what have I done to you? And what have I wearied you? Answer me. For I brought you up from the land of Egypt and redeemed you from the house of slavery, and I sent before you Moses, Aaron, and Miriam. O my people, remember what King Balak and Moab devised, what Balaam, son of Beer, answered him, and what happened from Shittim to Gilgal. And you may know the saving acts of the Lord. With what shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before God on high? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, with ten thousands of rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? He has told you, O mortal, what is good. What does the Lord require of you but to do justice, to love kindness, and walk humbly with your God? Holy wisdom, holy word. Thanks be to God. Yeah, sorry, I didn't know it's me now. <laughs> Let us pray. Lord, bless my mouth, the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts. Make them acceptable at your sight. As I speak in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. <clears throat> Before I start, please accept my apology for my English. Because sometimes you may have different pronunciation of certain words, and they, you may have, for those who like uh, grammatical things, I may, I, I'm going to do a lot of mistakes. So my apology in advance. Are you a sheep or a goat? You, we all know this, um, this parable that Jesus mentioned or spoke about in Matthew 25, 31 to 46. And in that parable, Jesus said, are you a sheep or a goat? He made some kind of a distinction between sheep and goats. That was his last parable before heading to the cross or going to the cross. But the question comes, are they different? Are sheep and goat are different? 
Well, for me, as a person lived in the city, I won't be able to, dis to distinguish between sheep and goats. It, it's so difficult. But I'm certain for those farmers, it's so easy for them to know who is the sheep and who is goat. And it was so easy for those to speak that, oh, this sheep is, is, is here, okay, then I will divide them from the goats. And obviously, during the night, sheep and goats have different type of skins, and they, are, they have different type of tolerance towards coldness and, and hot weather. So therefore, they were divided into two different places, some indoor and some outdoor. And that was the role of the, the, the shepherd. Well, that was the role of the shepherd every night, to divide the sheep from the goat. In ancient Palestine and in modern Palestine, because you, got, you don't know that we do also still have shepherds even until today, they, uh, sheep and shepherds are pastored together. They are not pastored from each, away from each other. They both are pastored together. So here comes the question. With this parable, where do I see myself identified? With sheep or with goats? Are sheep and goats are different to people or they are different to responses to God? And today I'm going to talk about responses to God. And obviously, Jesus didn't meant to divide people from being goats or sheep. I think Jesus was talking about every single one of us who has the sheep and the goat in them, both. And I think we have two responses. Sometimes we have a good response towards God's will, and sometimes we have a bad response to God's will. So we both are, we all are both, sheep and goats at the same time. So this conclusion brings me to a question. What defines sheep from goats? And how would I know that in today I am acting like a sheep and tomorrow I may act like a goat, but today I'm acting as a sheep according to God's will? Today I'm going to talk about three responses actually Jesus mentioned and spoke about when he was talking about being sheep or goat. When he spoke about, I was hungry and you fed me and I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink and so on. So it is about the social responsibilities and human responsibilities towards others. Three lessons we learn from these things. Three lessons that we learn from Jesus' parable. And I think they are very challenging lessons that we all are going to face. First, love. Wow, the great, it's a great lesson to learn about love. If we look around us in the Middle East, I'll talk about the Middle East. In Jerusalem, if you look at around us, and I was mentioning this in the presentation, we have a lot of hate surrounding us. We have a lot of violence surrounding us. We have people in the north, in the south, in, every, in, all, in, the, in, in all directions around us with a very, very strong hate towards others. Even in the ultra-Jewish Orthodox community, they don't even think that they may even say hello to an Arabic man one day, because that Arabic person presents the enemy. 
And it is the same in the Arabic sides, in the very um, refugee camps. It is also unbelievable for them or unimaginable for them to meet a, a, a Jewish Orthodox. So they, they both see each other as enemies. And the school of hate and violence is growing and growing. And if we look at the world that we live in, we look at Iran, Afghanistan, and several other places, and today in Ukraine as well, we see the school of violence is growing in us as human beings. Now, what Jesus is trying to tell us today is to respond towards violence with the power of love. Those who have power of love in the midst of the violence, those who are acting like sheep for Christ. A few years ago, you know, in, in our, uh, one year or six months ago, we all know, or seven, six, seven, I, I stopped counting, the war in Ukraine happened. And you all know about it. And I'm going to, to use this, this metaphor because you all understand it better. But let me tell you what was our response in Jerusalem towards the war in Ukraine. Basically, the church leaders gathered together and said nothing. Yeah, I'm sorry to say it. They said nothing. And when I met with the Jewish, with the, with the Orthodox patriarch, and I asked him, will the church say something towards what is happening in Ukraine? And he responded by saying, oh, it is, you know, there are so many things that, we, that are involved into that. Were we afraid to say the word of God? Actually, I am criticizing all the church leaders in Jerusalem that they did not say anything towards the war in Ukraine, and they still don't until today. Now the question comes, if we are looking about the power of love and we are unable to really love because of the external force of hate, fear, all that external holds, are we acting really as sheep for Christ? Are we really acting according to God's will or not? Sheep would act as their shepherd in love and compassion towards others. If we see ourselves as sheep of God, we have to stand up for justice. We have to stand up for justice. We can't neglect any justice situation. Even in the Arabic-Israeli conflict, we have to stand up for justice. And it's our calling for the American community to stand up for justice, to act like a sheep. Based on my calling as a child of God, I stand today against all oppressions practiced by anyone against people, whether they are Russia or whether they are the state of Israel or the soldiers against normal and innocent people. I am standing against it no matter what the consequences will be. That is my calling in love as a sheep for Jesus. Second lesson that we learn is responsibility. We need to have a responsibility towards each other. No, we can't say that we are acting like sheep without having responsibility towards others. The time of coronavirus, 
has put our responsibility towards others at risk or in test. It was tested when people refused to wear masks to protect themselves and try to protect others. And I had one of my congregants or one of my parishioners um, who refused really to wear masks for uh, the coronavirus, and he ended up in the hospital, unfortunately. Thanks God he was saved. He, was not, he, he didn't lose his life. But he learned a lesson that we have responsibility towards others towards others in, in caring for them and not thinking only of our own selves. This responsibility that we should really all act towards each other with a very high sense of sensitivity to others' need. These people occurred when the vaccine appeared as well, especially in the, in the state of Israel, in Palestine, and in the Arabic world. They refused even to take the vaccine, believing in what we call the conspiracy theory. Whatever you, you may be one of them, believe in the conspiracy theory or not. It's not about that. It's about having responsibility towards your neighbor by not being harmful for them, even though that could really cause you, in a way or another, to have discomfort. When we talk about our actions, we always like to say that we are saved by the grace of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Then what our actions matters or not? When it's, oh, no, it's not about actions. No, we are not saved by, by, by actions. We are saved by the grace of God. But our actions matter, though. And we need really to care about our actions because they are affecting others' lives. And that is not the will of God for us. Thirdly, we need to learn the lesson of justice. In our juridical system, or our juridical system are meant to achieve justice in this world, even the American system. However, we need to ask ourselves, is justice achieved through our system? Let me give you an example. When we talk about those who want to make justice towards Arab lost their families because of the occupation. When I, me as a pastor talking to people who had siblings, sons, spouses being shot by the Israeli soldiers. And when I talk to them and try to have reconciliation for them or try to have some kind of a comfort for them. I, I ask a question, would, would, you, would your, your anger be eased if you saw these soldiers uh, being humiliated? No. Their anger will not be eased if they see these soldiers even killed in front of them. Because it is not about revenge. Revenge will never get us anywhere. It's about justice. And justice in our system is very limited. When I was in Jordan, I met a man called Wasif. Wasif was um, an Iraqi person from Mosul, ran away from his country because of, the, of ISIS, and he came to Jordan. And it happened that I was in Jordan that time, and I met him, and we talked several days. So I met him several days. 
Now he was telling me his story that when ISIS came, they killed his father in front of his eyes, they raped his mother and his sisters, and they kicked them away. And they were treated as slaves for many, many months. Until the, the, the Iraqi army came and took over Mosul again, and those who did that were, um, were punished in front of his eyes. And I asked him, was that appealing to you? Were you relieved when you saw them paying the penalty? He looked at me and said, will revenge help you to feel better? Ah, that made me think of what does justice mean? When we talk about justice, we don't talk about those who are killed and those who are killing, killing are paying the penalty of killing. What about those who are around the whole family of the dead person or the injured person? That is what you Americans gave me this word, restorative justice. That is what you exactly helped me by reading your books about restorative justice. That justice is not limited to a consequence that has penalty and that's it. What about those who are around and affected? And when we talk about justice that Jesus wants us to experience in our lives, he is asking us to be agent of that justice and try to really help, help others to experience justice in their lives. Now, these three responses, as I, told, as I said before, that we all have a sheep and a goat in our lives in our hearts, in our, in our psyche. Now, these are responses towards God's grace. Can we do it? No. None of us can do it. And I would like to take a photo beside this person who stand up and say, no, I can do it. Now, if, you do, if you can, really, because you are rare. You are not, not in this world. No, we can't do it. By our own power, we can't do it. This is why we all need the power of God that comes and touches our heart in order to be agent for peace. Do you know how difficult it is to have a mother who was a refugee and a grandfather who died holding the key of his house in his hand in front of my eyes and go and reach out to a Jewish person and say, I love you. You are my friend. I didn't do it with my power. I, I have to admit, it is God's power in us that enables us to be acting as sheep. So what would be our response today, this morning? To say, that, oh, you are making it very difficult. You came all the way from Jerusalem here to just burden us more. No. I came to tell you that we are all unable to do it without God's help. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus, open our hearts, our minds, and our souls so that we can really act as agents of love, justice, and responsibilities towards others. Because with our own might, we won't be able to do it. And may the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God be with you all, now and forever. Amen.